0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Um, anybody know what yesterday was? Not really. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. It was Good Riddance Day. I don't know if you heard about this. I was, it was a new one to me, but evidently in New York City... Um, they had Cintas come in with um, a secure mobile um, shredding machine, and people could come and throw whatever they wanted to say good riddance to 2013. Whether it was credit cards or, um, uh, or maybe pictures of a jilted lover or something like that, whatever you wanted to do, mortgages, credit cards, whatever one you could come down to Times Square, New York City, and you could say good riddance to uh, to that part of 2013. And they actually did a contest. A radio station did a contest. Um, For people that would be, you know, what do you want to say good riddance to? And the winner of the contest, I thought this was very, very cool, uh, was a a woman named Amy Johnson, whose three-year-old son, Bodie, um, had cancer. And after seven months of surgery and chemotherapy, he is now in remission. And so she said good riddance to cancer and threw out all the hospital bills and all that other stuff. And that was her good riddance. So I don't know what 2013 was like for you, if it was a good riddance year or if it was a year of celebration. Um, Probably, more than likely, a combination of all of the above. But one of the things that I like to do at the end of every year is take some time and kind of hit the pause button for a bit between Christmas and New Year's and just reflect back on the year. Because all of those experiences that you've had this year, good and bad, if you just kind of just plunge headlong into the next year without taking some time to reflect and learn the lessons, um, you just end up making the same mistakes over and over again. And I think this last year we have learned some things. And one of the ways that it's helped me do this is I keep a prayer journal uh, this is my 213 prayer journal, and I went, took some time this week to just set aside and read through it, and just the things that were on my heart at the beginning of the year and throughout the year, the things that we were facing as a church, some of the challenges that we knew were ahead of us, some of the goals and things that, that I was really praying that God would do in our church this year, and um, it was just amazing to me the number of answers to prayer and the number of incredible things that God has done, not only in my own life, but For us together as a church. So this morning I kind of want to take away what I think are the three key learnings for us as a church this year. And hopefully you learned them individually. But I know as a church they were big steps of faith. New things that we learned together this year. And as I was reading through my prayer journal. I just had this sense of deep, deep gratitude to God. um, For what he's been doing in my own life. What he's been doing in our church. and, And for you, my church family. And I remembered a passage, I used to reflect on it a lot in the early days of Northgate. um, But it's one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It's in Philippians. It's Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And it just resonates with me. And So this is kind of where I'm at this morning. Paul wrote to the Philippian church, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you all in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So this morning, I want to talk to the church family. And if you're a guest, I hope you'll indulge me a little bit. But this has been a phenomenal year for us. And God has done some incredible things. And this is... In some sense, it's a celebration and a thank you, but it's not just a pat yourself on the back kind of a deal. This is really a recognition of what God has been doing in our lives together as a church family. And some of the key things that I hope we've learned this last year that we take into the year 2014. So here's some of the things, to me, I think are the key learnings from this past year. I think the first and foremost is we have learned the true joy of Generosity. It, that has been a big, big thing in our church this year. Um, that we have learned how there is true joy in giving. Jesus said it this way. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I think we all say, yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. That's lofty and noble. And, and in theory, that's true. But in actuality, we prefer getting more than we prefer giving. I don't know if you saw it this year um, Every year, Oxford Dictionary picks the, the uh, word of the year. Anybody know what this year's word of the year was? Selfie. Selfie. Selfie, yeah. A picture of yourself put on the web, you know. That is that is our culture. We are selfies. We are all about ourselves. And I think one of the big things we learned this year was the genius of generosity. That something happens when you give that God begins to change your heart. I just want to share with you some of the things that, that we were able to do this year, starting um, in the spring with our Walk for Water. We did a Walk for Water fundraiser to, to be able to drill wells for fresh, clean water in Uganda and Kenya. And this year, we were able to raise through the Walk for Water $42,000, which was enough to drill four wells. And now, to this day, the, the villages of Bul- Bulami, Makata, Bunyaki and Buesa all have fresh, clean, safe drinking water. And it's because of your generosity. Yeah. We were able this year at Thanksgiving to provide food and uh, not only um, Thanksgiving dinner, but food boxes for 180 families. And in our adopt-a-family tree at Christmas... We were able to help 45 families. Somewhere around 1,000 gifts and meals went out from this church. And that is your generosity. And the biggest one is our dollar club. Uh, We actually started this about two years ago. And it took a little while to catch on. But over this last year, just in the last 12 months, we have been able to help 55 families with over 27,000 of financial help and aid. Yeah. Now, that's not just statistics, okay? Because that's people that we are able to touch lives and make a difference. Those wells are providing fresh, clean water for thousands of people who were used to drinking out of little mud ponds. And it wasn't safe. And one of the, one of the biggest killers in, in Uganda is, is waterborne diseases. And now they have life. And through that, with those wells, they're also associated with a village, with a church and a pastor who are able to present to them new life, fresh water, living water. And That's because of your generosity and your giving. Again, not to pat ourselves on the back, but to say, thank you God for what you've been able to do. Um, one of the things I want to tell you about, um, there's kind of an ad hoc um, committee it's not a formal commission or committee in in benicia but it's a group of caring ministries and um and uh organizations that help provide for the needy and it's it also includes the the police department as well as the school district and it's kind of a family and youth um uh services kind of a a group and they just kind of coordinate um how things get done and um my wife, who works for the school district, um, had one of, the, one of the representatives from the school district come from one of those meetings at the end of this year, just a couple weeks ago, and said, you know I know, I know, I know you go to Northgate. I know your husband's a pastor at Northgate. I just want you to know, your, the name of your church kept coming up in our meeting today. Because over and over again, different groups said, if it wasn't for Northgate, they don't know how they would have been able to meet the needs in our community. That's One of our goals is to change the way that people view the church. And the way that we do that is with compassion and with generosity. And as I said earlier, we serve a generous God. And He wants us to be generous. And I think that's one of the key lessons we've learned this year. It's been a biggie. And I can't tell you how much of a difference it makes for me and our pastoral staff when people call with need, where in the past we've had to to say, you know what, we just don't have the resources to do that. That's just too big of a need than we can help with. And now to be able, when somebody calls with one of these big urgent needs, to be able to say, you know what, we can do something. We can help. And it's an extension of the love and the grace of God through this church. And I'm grateful to God for all of that. That's not something that I can do by myself. It's not something that you can do by yourself. But together, God can do something when we're willing to trust Him with our finances. That idea of giving was what made such a strong bond between Paul and the Philippian church. He wrote in the beginning of his letter, In all of my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And if you want to know what that partnership looked like, he writes about it a little bit later in the letter. He says, In the early days, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. See, one of the biggest things is, not just that we've been able to help other people, but the changes that it makes in us. What it's, the change that it's made in the culture and the DNA of Northgate. And for those of you who have participated in this, in the difference it's beginning to make in you that you begin to realize that all that we have is a gift from God. And it's not for us to spend on ourselves. He's entrusted it to us to be able to help others and to extend His love and His grace to other people. Paul wrote about it to the Corinthian church. When you do this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. When you take that step of faith, it not only benefits other people, it benefits you, and it results in thanksgiving to God. And that's a big, big lesson for us this last year. Another one is we've learned to take bigger steps of faith. Now, taking steps of faith always involves risk because there's no guarantee of the outcome. You're never really sure how it's going to pan out. You're kind of taking a chance. By definition, it is something that is just beyond you, and you're just going to take this step. And at the beginning of this year, we sat down in the leadership team and pastoral staff, and we started dreaming about what we would like to see happen in Northgate this year. And we kind of set some goals. We set attendance goals. We set baptism goals. We set community group goals. We set all kinds of different things that we would hope to see happen in our church in this last year. And, And one of them... Um, one of them that we said, we said, you know what? We would like to see at least 700 people on average in our weekend worship services. By the end of this year, we'd like to have an, a regular attendance of, uh, of an average of 700 people. Now, we did that a year ago, and we were running about 500, maybe a little bit less than 500. So this was kind of a huge thing, but what it did was it kept us focused and and directed in in how we can keep reaching out to more and more people. And what happened was our average attendance in November was 702. (laughs) And so far, so far in the month of December, our average is 699. So if you know somebody that's not here this service or wasn't here last night, get them on the phone, tell them they got to be here at 11 o'clock because we got to hit that goal. Now, it's not just numbers because those numbers represent everything people it represents people taking fresh steps of faith it represents people finding community finding faith learning and growing together so yeah it's a great celebration but it's not just the numbers one of the other goals was was that we would see at least a hundred people take a first step of faith in Jesus Christ this year in our church and through our ministry And I'm happy to say we had over 100 people signify that they were taking a fresh step of faith, the first step of faith this year. And we set a goal. Now, last year, we set a goal of 50 baptisms. And and on our last baptism in December last year, we had 60. So we thought, well, this year we need to set a goal of 60. Well, we didn't quite reach our goal. We had 45 baptisms this last year. But if you think about it, in the last two years, over 100 people have taken a step of discipleship and obedience to Christ through the waters of baptism. And that is worth celebrating. That is a cool, cool thing. Um, Just a number of other things. God has been doing some incredible things among us. But it happens when you and I take those steps of faith. I believe that God intends His church to grow. And I think in so many churches, we're so consumed with just us and who's already here. And we took some steps of faith to say, you know what, we are not about just us. We want to reach out into our communities of Benicia, of Leo, and beyond. And we took some big steps of faith this year. One of the things we did back in the spring was we did um, our family spring fest. And, and we... We went out and bought 25,000 plastic Easter eggs. And we thought, well, we'll do an Easter egg hunt for 25,000 eggs. I have no idea what that's going to look like or how we're going to do it. But we did it. we had over 5,000 people show up. And those eggs were gone in the first 30 seconds. They were gone. (laughs) Totally gone. But through that we built relationships and we made some connections with people that then came to our Easter services and some of those people made first steps of faith on Easter Sunday because we did a crazy thing of 25,000 eggs. And then this summer, this uh, fall, we did our Trunk or Treat. Now, we've done Trunk or Treat in Benicia for the last couple of years. And we've had about 5,000 people come to each of those. And so this was really, really a big step of faith. This was Larry's big dream. He wanted to do one not just in, Vallejo, in Benicia, but also in Vallejo. And so uh, we talked with um, Lowe's and asked if we could use their parking lot. And they said yes. And, um, and so we actually did it in two locations. And that meant donations of a lot of candy, a lot of people sponsoring trunks and dressing up. Even though I don't like Halloween and I hate dress up, I did it. And many of you are in the same category as me and you did it. But we had, between Benicia and Vallejo, over 12,000 people come through the trunk or treat. And again, what that did was that opened up opportunities. And people made connections and started coming because of that. And found faith and trust in Jesus Christ because of it. We got out beyond our walls and we did some crazy things. We started a Saturday evening service this year. And believe me, we did that with a great deal of fear and trepidation. Um, Because it's one of those things, Is yeah, people come on Sunday mornings, but will people come on Saturday night? And it opened up an opportunity for a whole segment of people that work on Sundays and couldn't make it to a Sunday service. And it gave an opportunity to reach a whole different segment of our community. And God has blessed that. Now, I want to tell you, in most churches, doing things like that is not easy. I have been involved in churches and ministry in the past where the number one thing, when you suggest doing something new or trying something new, the number one comment you get back is, but we've never done it before. Or the number two is, but we've always done it this way. And it's almost impossible to make changes and to try new things and, and take chances that you don't even know if they're going to work. In fact, uh, one of the I love this, um, that Paul writes. He says, uh, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. In a lot of churches, it's tough to do anything without some grumbling and arguing. But what I'm so grateful for in this church is your flexibility and your willingness to take steps of faith. See, there's two things that go on. God does his work, but we also have a part in it. Paul wrote, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ. But then he goes on and writes, now continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill his good purposes. See, without God, all of our labor, all of our best efforts are in vain. They're just a lot of noise and fluff. Without God working through all of this, it really doesn't amount to a whole lot. We need Him. We need His work in and through us. But the other side of that is that God works through His people. And if His people are unwilling to take steps of faith, if His people are unwilling to try new things, if they're unwilling to cooperate and be a part of what He's doing in this world, then it hampers the work of God in this world. And so what I'm so grateful for in this church is the openness to new things and new ideas. And I'm so grateful for what God has done through that. It's an incredible thing. But we're not done. There's one more lesson. I think we have learned this year the value of faithfulness. Most everything that we do around here would not be done were it not for the faithful serving of you on any given weekend it takes somewhere between 50 and 75 people to make the ministries happen here that we do just on the weekend and then what happens throughout the week we are so dependent on people who will faithfully serve and volunteer and be a part of the ministry ministry is not a sprint it is a marathon And I will tell you, over the 23 years now that we've been together as a church, I have seen a lot of people come and go through these doors. I've seen a lot of people come, stay for a while, and then move on because they got their nose bent out of shape about something or we didn't do something right or whatever it was. And I've seen people drift away from the faith and just kind of turn their back on God. Maybe not deliberately, but just kind of slowly work their way out the door. And what I'm so grateful for it's the people that have been with us, not just in this last year, but over the years, that has made Northgate who we are today. Some of you, some of you were here at the very, very beginnings of Northgate when all we were was a little group in a Bible study. Some of you came at those very early years and have been a part of it all along. Some of you have been through Northgate through all the ups and downs, the successes and failures, the struggles and the hardships and all of that. And what I am most grateful for is the faithfulness of this people to what God has called us to do. Because we started this church with a simple vision to help unchurched people become wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And that only happens when people make steps of faith and remain faithful to the things that they have committed themselves to. One of the things I'm very grateful for is the pastoral staff that we have. You probably noticed the only ones around here this weekend are Luke, myself, and Carol. um, Because all of the rest of the staff got a much-deserved weekend off. And we told them, just go, be with your families. But here's what I'd like you to do. If Pastor Larry has in some way this last year been an encouragement to you or a help to you or or a source of strength for you, would you do something before this year ends? Would you go home this afternoon and write him a thank you note? Just let him know how much you have appreciated his faithfulness in the ministry. Same thing, if Pastor Jesse has in any way, in some way, touched your life this year, been an encouragement to you, been a source, been a strength, in some way helped you grow in your faith, would you take some time and write them a thank you note? Because they they serve so so selflessly around here. Same thing with Dave. If if Dave McMurtry has been a a source of strength for you. If Pastor Luke um, in in the student ministries. um, If any of our pastoral staff. Carol in our office. Anyone. If they have been a help to you or strength to you. Would you take some time and just write them a note of thankfulness for their faithfulness to this ministry. I think it's important that we do that. Send them a note of appreciation. One of the things that we are big on here is that the members are the ministers. That we have a great staff, a great lead team. But you know what? It's the people of the church that makes this happen. And so one of the things that I am most grateful for is for each of you. Because of your faithfulness, I think much of what we have experienced this year goes back years and years and years for the faithfulness of people all the way through. And so as we move into this new year, here's some of the things that I want to encourage you at. That you would continue to take new steps of generosity. That you would truly trust that God can provide for your needs and that He can use your generosity to touch another person's life. And that you'd even raise the bar a little bit for yourself. I think new, fresh steps of faith. You know, you are going to grow in your faith to the degree that you choose to engage with God. And maybe for you, it's starting a prayer journal and just we're taking the time each day to write your prayers out because I find when I write them out somehow it makes me slow down and think instead of just rattling off something. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's getting involved in a community. Maybe it's getting involved in ministry. But take a new step of faith this year. Instead of making you know, um, a New Year's resolution just choose one way in which you want to deeply, more deeply engage with God this year and make a commitment to do that. And then thirdly stay faithful to it. Whatever that might be. I think we've had an incredible year and it's a great celebration of what God has done among us. And I'm grateful to you for all that you have done and I'm grateful to God for each of you. And I want to close with the way that Paul closed this his prayer for the Philippian church. This is my prayer for you. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern this year what is best, and may be be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.